0: It wasn't. It was just a man doing something. I don't know when that picture was from, but it was a couple.
1: That's not Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. That's not him. That is not him.
0: There, there, there was a video attached to. No,
1: know. that's not him. It looks nothing like him. He's just blonde and fucking Danish looking. That's not Kevin De Bruyne. This kid. Who who sent this?
0: We're recording, so I can't say.
1: That's not him. <laughs> it's a good try, but that's not him. It's just some kid who fucking looks
0: like him. Okay, let's get this going because I gotta.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna make that picture, the um, the little clip, the graphic for this episode, so people can know what I'm talking about. Yeah. It is not Kevin DeBorna. I don't care what anybody says. It's not him.
0: So so you got the intro or
1: uh no, I didn't write one, but I can just do one. Oh, there's there's something I've been meaning to do is we should change this the name of the show to the stooligans. Instead of, <laughs> Then we can do the old name. The Stooligans.
0: <laughs> take all take all their uh, graphics and just put stew yeah. in front of it and just be yeah. like it's original, guys. We changed the name.
1: Mm-hmm. The song they used to do, we'll do that, too.
0: Yeah. I'm actually quite impressed by what they've been able to do with uh, literally just what we're doing. But now they're on national TV and flying around the world, and we're mm-hmm. flying to St. Louis.
1: Yeah, It's amazing what actually being funny can get you.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think they're both stand up, so I think that helps.
1: Hello, everybody. This is the Valiant 33 podcast. For once, we're actually doing a podcast in a decent amount of time after game finishes. The game against Philly was yesterday, and we won three nothing, and that makes it three wins in a row. I'm first
0: uh, uh, Oh, and I'm Stu. Yeah, and and it was a clean sheet too, so we're we're clearly doing well on this intro. So,
1: (laughs) well, if you don't give us five six days to prepare. It comes out about the same. It's not really that much different.
0: Yeah, a little bit more chaos, but we'll make it through, and this won't be an hour and a half of us talking about uh, hot dogs and beer. So we're going to talk about the game.
1: So they lined up in another 3-4-3. There's no surprise anymore. It was pretty much the, the same lineup as what we've been used to, except for Christian Wood as the left wing back.
0: I do have a question. So hmm. do you think we went to 3-4-3 three, three because we've lost Vanneker long term?
1: No, I think the 3-4-3 three, three was supposed to be with Vanneker because we saw the 3-4-3 three, three w- with him still healthy. And I get, I think that it was the Cincinnati game. And I think the system just works for everybody else. So I don't think Bruno's changing it just because we're missing one piece of it. But it's getting to the point now where I'm uh, – I don't want to say suspicious, but I'm i am dreading a formation change and a hiccup to this little roll we're going on because we just lost another right wing back, this time to a red card instead of an injury. Um,
0: well, the, the good news is it's only – it's a one game because it, accumul- it was two yellows, not a straight red.
1: Oh, okay, so it's only one. So we just yeah. got to suck it up for one game. But I think we can, we can weather that storm. We have enough players who can fill that role. Even if they're not natural fullbacks or natural uh-huh. wingbacks, they can get us through. So I'm just going to – I think for next game, Christian Woods is just going to slide over to the right wing back, and then Ian uh-huh. Garrett is going to play the left wing back, and we'll be fine for a game. But, yeah, Philly came in. Uh, They were in second place. I think they're still in second place in the Eastern. We were bottom half. And with this win, we're now kissing a top four. I think, yeah, we're on 11 points.
0: Yeah, we got 11 points of seven games played where uh, Baby Sheiks are in fourth with two more games played. So somehow our points per game is above them by 0.01 Point zero one point super interesting things on a podcast but basically everyone above us has a game or two games in hand and
1: really with the form that we're in now we could easily be on 17 points and in second place so coming into this next game against columbus um who's in first right now that's going to be if, if we can embarrass them or win as big as we've we've won the last two games by three goals one was four one this one was three zip if we can win like that again and then just add to that goal differential and then also take down the first place team in the east I don't see how anybody stops us
0: yeah it's I, I want to say I only saw the caught the second half because again no replays I, I did get Whatever I saw is going to be up on the Valiant33 website shortly. And uh, no idea how that's going to happen, but we'll figure that out. And what I saw was Philly seemed more organized, but they, they weren't able to get past their defense at all. And we were catching them on the break, even before the losing um, Jacob to the second yellow. And we dominated with, not really having a bunch of possessions. So it it seems like everything's catching on the way that Bruno wanted it to. He just needed probably another month of preseason.
1: If you went to the bathroom during that little five minutes where he got the second yellow and got sent off and then you came back, you wouldn't have even noticed that we were down to 10 men. We played pretty much exactly the same, if not better. And not has nothing to say. that I'm not trying to say that we played better without him. But playing with 10 men and, and almost, you know, still it, being able to execute our game the way we did was, um, I don't want to say statement again, but it just it, shows it, the it, strength of, of the players we have.
0: I, I don't think it's, I know I said this before when we lost to 10 men, St. Louis, it's always seen as this massive game changing moment it can be but losing one player if it's not a center back or like your goalie and you don't have another goalie on the bench it's it can be a non-factor and if you've got the right players and i think we do that's where that's where you're you're kind of okay um i will say that it did seem a little bit like a the ref knew that he fucked up because he gave the he gave the penalty again twenty seconds after this yeah, after, that after was... the play. But uh, we got to get better at these silly these silly cards. But it, getting a yellow for yelling at the ref is not not the greatest.
1: And he did blow that call because it was a very clear pen. That he just mm-hmm. skipped over and that's where the second yellow came from was for descent technically. Um, and th- those are hit or miss. It's not always that you're going to get a card for that. Like the higher up you go, the higher level you're at, the more you can mm-hmm. get away with because you're paid more and you're more of a professional. But at this level, the refs always have a stick up their ass and they need to prove that they're in control. So it don't, they almost always give a card. The, the pen that was awarded for Rayo was less of a pen. It was still a pen, but it was less of a pen in the first mm-hmm. one. And that's why I think we consider that a makeup call.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It's, it, he, he, he knew that. I mean, I, I don't know why they, I don't think there's anything stopping the ref from like waving it off and then having one of the ARs tell him, uh, yeah, that was a pen. And then him saying, Oh fuck. Okay. It's a pen. But I think it's is—it's about controlling the game, and and I get that from a certain point of view because there is a certain level of control you want to see from the ref, even though everyone knows they don't have any control of the game. (laughs) But I, I can see where, once they've made their decision, why they wouldn't reverse it. And then the same thing happens 20 seconds later, and they're like, oh, yeah, this is definitely a penalty. It's like, okay. I almost wouldn't be surprised if the ref didn't know there were he was on or had forgotten for a second that he was on a yellow.
1: Uh, I don't know. He had that red card in his hand with the yellow. I think he knew yeah. exactly what he was doing.
0: see i can't I can't see that as i'm I'm remote. so uh, the only thing I'll say about the camera this game in the seventieth minute when there was a corner that the camera can't see the corners for whatever reason, that took forever for. Reasons that i can't remember it did definitely feel like someone does have a little bit of manual control but the camera can still override what they're doing because the camera just kept on going back and forth and back and forth and back and it forth it and... yeah and i was just like i, I just can't do me. that hail!" Yeah. yeah yeah i was like i can't look at this right now i need to take a moment and luckily nothing happened
1: well that was the the second goal The first goal was a 33-minute goal by Dolabella. Um, And overall, Andy scored the third one in injury time, so he got a brace. And overall, we were very efficient with our shots. We had seven shots, five of them on goal. So that's only two off target. And I think it was, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think it was 55 or 60% of passes made were in the attacking third Mm -hmm. or attacking half, I think is how they do it. So we were moving the ball around quite a bit um, and just picking and choosing our shots. We weren't just spraying the net randomly. Um, So you could see that there's more uh, play building and thought behind some of our attacking now, which is good to see. And another thing of note is Speaking of Dolabella, he's got four goals in three matches now. And the team as a whole has scored nine in three. So when I say we're making a playoff push or we can make a playoff push, or if we beat Columbus, I don't see how anybody can stop us. That's why is we're scoring goals. We're winning games and momentum is a real thing, especially in this league. When the when we when we were watching some of these games as neutrals, and some of the scores were like seven to one, and then that team would then get shut out for nothing the next week, it felt like there was no way to tell who's going to be who. Mm-hmm. The one constant right now is that we're winning and we're scoring goals, and that seems like something, I guess, is exclusive to us right now
0: yeah, our, our form seems to continue game to game to game. Um, it, even the the open Cup, the final open Cup game we had. we played it like the other games. The score line wasn't what we wanted, but it was still played the way that we're looking for. It was just against better opposition. And that's what we're looking for. And I will say playing playing away against Columbus, it'll be interesting. I know there's a couple, couple of the guys are going to be going out to that game, but it's not going to be the the same crowd that they're they're used to.
1: That's a special game though, because that's the stadium where we won the Open Cup in '99. So yeah. I just feel like it's almost impossible impossible for us to lose that one, just based on the momentum that we have, and just fate. I think we're supposed to win this game, <laughs> but Columbus is right now Columbus is the team that everyone needs to beat. I mean, New okay. York City is up there too, um, Philly is up there for now, but we've proven we could do that. So, really, there's only two teams on our hit list right now that we need to take care of.
0: Yeah, all we got to do is make the playoffs, and yeah, I, I, we've got a good push for that, and we're all the all the things that we talked about a month ago, I'm not seeing anymore. It seems like the goalkeeping errors have have gone away. The uh, lack of better term, freaking out on defense. But we're playing the positions that we should be a lot more, and. Philly was really good in the defense and midfield, but they weren't really getting anywhere on goal. It felt like the entire game.
1: Yeah, they had a lot of missed chances. And you could say that if they were better in their finishing, the game would have been 3-0. But you could say that about any game. It's not, to a certain degree, luck is a stat that you can quantify and it just feels like on defense, we have a good mix of luck and just quality defensive play. Like there was, I, we were up one nothing and Kaiki made a huge one handed save to keep it one nothing. And then after that, that's when the the pen happened and then it was two nothing and it felt like the door was shutting. Mm-hmm. He made another big save where he scrambled right by the near post and kicked it away. It was just like a little scrap in front of the net. Mm-hmm. And then you had big, I won't even say big, just smart defensive plays by Recy, uh, on, on a couple of counterattacks that mixed with just the luck of them. Not of Philly, not taking their chances and, Missing shots or not making the right decisions. That that that's where the clean sheet came from, and we can bank on that every game. Luck is something that, uh, you can stockpile, in my opinion.
0: Well, and I also would think the home field advantage is really coming into play. We saw probably double the amount of fans at this game. Still looking for more, but it'll come with time. It'll come with uh. Just being summer it's gonna just be that much easier and I wouldn't well, call it luck as much as the home field advantage
1: eh, interchangeable yeah you make your own luck uh as, as far as the the crowd goes and the fans go, it's gonna keep getting bigger the more wins we pile up mm-hmm. because the the first game we didn't have really any big wins to lean on. We had a couple open cup games and those don't, those don't count. Those don't count for me as, um, as part of that home crowd because the stadium wasn't fully open yet. The home opener I'm going to count as the first one because the stands were supposed to be open. Mm -hmm. Every game there's been more and more people showing up. It seems to be a habit now where people are showing up late because, you know, it's summer and whatever. But I think as the wins stack up and we get closer and closer to clinching a playoff spot, you're going to see those stands fill up because look Mm -hmm. at what's happening across town with the Amerks. All season, they couldn't give tickets away. But now they're in the playoffs and they're selling out Blue Cross Arena every night. and Downtown is packed. It goes back to what I've said in previous episodes. This city just loves winning trophies. They don't even necessarily care what sport it is. Yeah. So if we sniff a chance of winning a trophy by getting into the playoffs, the stands are going to keep getting more and more filled.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That tracks because I think it's forgotten that, like, First year with the rhinos they it, it they made the playoffs or they made the final for both the u.s open cup and the a league there, there were there were a bunch of late runs into into both of those during that period and then once that kind of fell off 2002 2003 we were still making the playoffs but it's clear we weren't making mls and that's where the Frontier Field crowd started to go downhill a bit. Um, It's unfortunate that with everything with the the downtown stadium, they weren't able to take advantage of the 2015 season. But fortunately, I think if that season happened in 2016, I think a lot of things would be different.
1: Well, you can see the MCC stadium being built on slowly. Mm Like there's now the covers for over the benches they shipping is starting to finally come in the stands are great um they have two exits now more bathrooms like they're starting to pile stuff on mm-hmm. and it's becoming less um we're just playing on a turf field at m c c and it's more
0: this is our stadium i guess yeah this is this is our home
1: uh and it's nice to finally see the same faces rolling through now for what the two open cup games and how many home games have we had three?
0: Yes. That was the third. Yeah. So
1: five. So five games now after four years of nothing, you people are starting to recognize each other and you you might not know. every. I don't know everybody's name, but I'm going to, make a point to introduce myself to some of the people that I've seen over and over, but people are recognizing each other and it's starting to feel like, all right, we're, we're back in the swing of things.
0: The other big thing was that we saw the new kits yesterday.
1: Yeah. I have terrible vision. So I was squinting to try and see the checkers and they're very light.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. The unfortunate because the cameras are just not not great. The unfortunate bit is that the green matches the green of the turf pretty well.
1: Camouflage, tactical. Yeah.
0: Um. Well, I've always said that if uh, if you're a footballer, your your shoes should always your your boots should always be dark green so that no one can see when you uh, put the, put the tackle (laughs) on. And, uh, but there was definitely a, it it was good to see see dark green. I I know it's a little different from what everyone was expecting, but hopefully they'll be on the website soon.
1: Yeah, I'm fine with it. I kind of like the gray with it. Mm -hmm. I think, that's the unique spin because that green is not unique. Like that's a very
0: it's Port Portland, unfortunately. Portland yeah. stole it from us.
1: But the difference is instead of having gold with it, it's gray. Mm-hmm. And from far away, it just it does kind of just look like a, a blob of <laughs> of of something.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I still like the away kits the best. Those are that's mm-hmm. the one that I'm gonna get. But the I mean We've won in both of them say, by yeah. three goals each. So, not saying well, shit about either yeah. one. They're both great.
0: Well, the other thing too is that that is actually quite unique. I know it's not the the best circumstances for it, but even MLS teams usually only get two jerseys, and we've already got three this year. So, yeah. that's sucker. uh, yeah.
1: I do kind of like the all white ones now. I I, I knew this was gonna happen as soon as the two other ones come out, having the all white as a third. I wouldn't hate if they just throw those on one last time before the end of the season, just you know, as a quick little nod to them.
0: Yeah, do it against uh, Orlando.
1: But oh I, yeah, that I think... the ones that they they were supposed to wear those. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: The other comment that I want to bring up is. From our last episode, I may have mentioned that the stadium stands like a little Mad Max if they're not covered. And they have been slightly covered up. There's like a black material that like goes around it. So they did kind of cover up the guts. Mm -hmm. But a comment was uh, said to me by one Evan Sardo where he wanted to embrace the Mad Max nature. Of the stands and actually go full Mad Max and add more rusty pipes all along the stadium.
0: I I think insurance may have a concern about that, even if they're just uh, looking pipes and not
1: <laughs> holding
0: <laughing>. pipes. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm assuming I'm assuming we're good after everything else that happened for them to fix fix the stadium, do all the things that were necessary that they did do in time and great for all of that but m- maybe we just hold off on making things look uh <laughs> like they like they can't support uh certain body shapes
1: well I, I guess it just comes down to
0: aesthetics
1: like if some people like the the hyper modern looking stadiums and some people like the old school where they have the support beams blocking people's seats and shit like that yeah and there is a happy medium where you can get a stadium that's not corporate looking that does have some soul to it but is also modern and not Mm -hmm. and i will say the the thing that i surprisingly enjoy the most about the stadium right now is to get to the porta potties they have like a almost like a Corral system set up where it's just like a very narrow fenced-in corridor that leads you to the porta potties, and it's just tall grass. But the grass in between the two fences are this is all matted down and people walking to it. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure they just had interns stamped down on the grass to get it <laughs> down. But walking through that to the porta potty is like is enjoyable for some weird reason to me. Oh. The- it reminds me kind of that one action. scene. Yeah, but it reminds me of that scene from The Gladiator when his wife's died and he's dreaming and he's in heaven and he's like caressing the grass as he walks through before he kills a bunch of people.
0: Yeah. I guess I, I don't know what your memories of being a kid playing soccer are, but I remember multiple times because every time I play soccer, I get kicked in the face or something ridiculous happens. Um, falling down and just being in the grass and being like, I don't do this, but this is kind of nice. And then being like, oh, oh, shit, the game's going on. I got to gotta get up. Um, so it it is, like, and also, you're a couple years younger than me, but there were times playing when I was real young where the pitch wasn't flat. Half the time, they never mowed it. So there would be times where if the ball was on the other side of the field, because I always played defense, I couldn't see the ball because everyone was just in a pack of people. The grass was so high, and it was also, I wasn't very tall, so it was like, oh, yep, if it's, this field goes up by three feet, there's no way that I'm going to see this ball.
1: Yeah, my memory of playing soccer when I was younger was I had to go to the bathroom really bad, but I didn't want to just leave the game. So I held in a poop for the whole time. And then as soon as the game ended, I ran to a porta potty and just unloaded.
0: And you you don't <laughs> want to pull an Eric, Eric Dreyer and then uh, no, no. Have, have a coach follow you and then in the press conference later explain how you had, had to make massive it, shits and to make it dokey, the bathroom.
1: Yeah. My whole childhood is just in between bouts of diarrhea. That's where my life happens.
0: (laughs) Well, on that
1: that, note, other than that little path to the porta potty, which I find oddly enjoyable, is uh, just like the main area where the food trucks are. It's kind of like what the concourse is at the old stadium. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: But just having it be a mix of the pavement from the parking lot and then the grass that's around the, the the turf. It it's almost, it has a vibe of like just going back to when you're young and you get to go to a carnival and you're up late, late, like more than you normally are. And there's lights like the lights from the stadium and the lights from the food trucks. It's just, it has that kind of nostalgia to it where it might not be, like all concreted down. It might not be the concourse at the old stadium, but it has something to it that's very attractive. And I can't put my finger on it yet, but the closest I can get is when you're young and you're at a carnival and you're doing things that you don't normally get to do.
0: Well, I think it's one of the things that lower league soccer needs to embrace is the wackiness is the, the fact that, we don't have billion-dollar owners in a 80,000-seat stadium that's existed for 15 years that everyone oh, already knows about.
1: We got one of those. Yeah. <laughs> well,
0: it's about 80,000 seats. So. <laughs> I you, wasn't you, talking about that. <laughs> yeah. You, you don't have the, uh, the infrastructure that a lot of th- these MLS teams just get gifted, essentially. And there's a charm in that. And there's a charm that you'll never get out of going to like an English Premier League game that you'd get out of going to a seventh tier game there, and, and I think they need to embrace that. They need to keep things a little a little rough around the edges. There needs to be certain aspects that are taken care of, but it's okay if there's unmowed grass or that if certain aspects may not be a hundred percent, but if the core, if the core is there, if everyone knows what the hell is going on, then that's that's exciting. There's a lot of people here talking about the MLS team and and missing Stumptown and the independence because yeah, there's a lot of s- s- crazy things that were happening, but there's also a lot of a lot of things that you're never going to get back when you've got forty thousand people at a soccer game.
1: Yeah, I'm. I'm enjoying the collage-like nature of the stadium that we have right now, where yeah. not everything's uniform. It's what I said. It's like a collage. Things yeah. this is this thing, and this is that thing, and they're just there at the same time. And I, I think it's a great metaphor for the the crowd that we have. It's a little bit of this and a little bit of that, and everybody's coming together in one big picture for this thing that's happening.
0: It, it also works with the players. I mean, it, it, there's this predation of having local players on the team just because, and that's great, but they need to get there in merit. And having players from all around the world is, is what soccer is really about. And it's a global sport, and I think it, it all kind of fits which is
1: nice. What an uplifting way to end this episode.
0: <laughs> Talking about fetishes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um,
0: Want to give score predictions for. Uh,
1: yeah. Crew for two? College, um, I'm going to say. One, three us. See how I did the score right. No. Yeah. Yeah, thank
0: you. Who do you I think's still, going to score?
1: I think well, Dolabella is going to score at least one.
0: Mm.
1: That role is going to keep going. I'm going to give another one to Rayo because he I, he's looking real good up front and he got the pen. But I there I think there's one or, one or two chances he had where he could have buried one in open play. I'm going to give him another one. I'm going to give Ed Williams an assist. And <laughs> I'm just taking all the players from you.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: And curveball, curveball, third goal. It's gonna be a center back off a corner. I'm gonna say Reesey buries a a header for the third goal. For one of the three. I'm not gonna say it's the third one, but one of the three. <laughs> so with who's left, who are you picking?
0: <laughs> Jesus. Um so Yeah, I was gonna say Doabella, which isn't really difficult.
1: Hot take.
0: Yeah, hot take. And uh, I was gonna put Williams. Give Williams one. And um, this is just bad of me. Which one's the guy who's like six foot seven? Is that Christian Wood?
1: What position? We have a lot of
0: tall guys on the team. Yeah, forward.
1: Oh, uh, Davis Smith.
0: Yeah, Davis. Yeah, I'm going to give him Smith.
1: one. David, he's big. He's strong. He's got a massive dong. Davis Smith. Davis Smith.
0: He did have the best response to uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the Twitter. So you think they're going
1: to score three as
0: well? Um, I, I think it's a good possibility. I think we, we're, we're taking our chances now, which we weren't earlier. We were – there just wasn't the, the confidence of the team playing the way that they have the last couple of weeks and seeing, seeing what they're able to do when they're all working together. Um, and I think the the one aspect that we're even better than I think some of the, the, the other Rhinos teams that I remember watching is the camaraderie of the team. It really does seem like, well, I don't know how to, how the teammates are playing or acting outside of the games, but the people on the field really do seem like they're they're getting along that they're they're working well together.
1: Yeah. The reason I think it's going to be uh, three for us, one for them is because if you look at their last five matches, they they're not one big fucking gold death machine. Like they, they beat Philly one zip. They beat Orlando two zip. They beat Toronto two one. Their biggest win was against new England for nothing. And then New York City, they beat one one nothing. So they, other other than the, the anomaly of New England scoring four, they don't have more than one or two goals in them. And I think it's going to be a situation where we can just outscore them.
0: Literally, just as we're speaking, they just beat Toronto four two. But I'm pretty sure I could beat Toronto five two. So I'm not going to give them too much of a credit for that. The first time I looked the got a four or four not found, so that was fun. But uh yeah, they've played one more game than us and only because of that last game do they have um more more goals than us. So they're not letting a bunch in, but I'm not although as we've been saying a bunch, this this league is crazy and it could be zero ten and or the other way around.
1: Yeah, I'm not too worried about Columbus. I just I want that win just because of where it is.
0: Yeah, exactly. I I think that'll be that'll be a statement just like if we had lost the the open the first open cup game, that would have been rough.
1: And from what I hear, uh the crew that's going over is gonna try and take that center line spot where the stampede was for the open Mm -hmm. cup game. They're gonna try and take the same the same section.
0: Nice. i won't be a problem.
1: No, no. It's not like they got to fight anybody to get there.
0: Just don't bring a smoke bomb.
1: Well, if you do, just let it off at the end. Don't do it yeah. <laughs> at halftime. But there there was one other thing I wanted to bring up, which is when we were in the parking lot, the North Star Ultra's tailgate, uh, some Philly people rolled in, just the parents of one of the players uh or the family coming in and he comes over to the table and he was talking to us um and he was just asking like basically what's it like having fans at a game because they don't know anything about it mm-hmm. and he he was really just i guess surprised that we're in this league um judging by the support that we we have. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it was just an interesting thing to hear because it was basically what we were bitching about when we first heard we were going to be in this league. And also slightly validating because people notice it, but also kind of want what we have. Mm
0: -hmm. I I, I think that's... uh... As we said, hopefully next year they're the Scranton Union, too, or some other city nearby. Bethlehem, maybe some-
1: Bethlehem Steel?
0: Yeah, maybe somewhere in, in New Jersey, even. Um, although we'll have another Jersey team with the Baby Bulls. But I, I, I have heard and thought people hear about, oh, it's a reserve league. No, it's not. Like it's There's nothing... Even the team, the two teams, it's not a reserve league for them. It's maybe a development league, but 90% of the leagues in the world are development leagues for someone. So that's not—that's an important distinction for me because there there are trophies to win. There are things that that matter in this league, and I think it's just going to get better. With, um, I think this fall we'll we'll be hearing a bunch from. USL League One and independent and championship potentially a uh, Chattanooga coming over, so
1: it's a situation where it pretty much throws in your face what you can't just buy. Like you can, mm-hmm. you have all these two teams playing in Gillette Stadium or these NFL stadiums, these big, you know, the first team. Soccer specific stadiums mm-hmm. that shit doesn't really matter if you don't have the people who give a fuck. Yeah, we're playing at an MCC, and you can talk all the shit you want about playing at a college turf stadium and having a Mad Max collage stadium around it. It doesn't matter because we have the fucking people who give a fuck,
0: mm-hmm.
1: we have the people that they don't, and they're looking at us jealous.
0: Well, and we have the history. And that's that's the biggest thing is that if what I think may happen this year happens, where July first, St. Louis brings in three DPs into this into this league, they could steamroll it because they've got division one players who are probably division one in top European leagues playing division three here it's not going to be a big deal and yeah, it's going to suck because we may not get a trophy that we're looking for, but they'll have bought that championship. And I don't think people will really care, but I think as, as time goes on and we get more of these independent teams that have actual history, it's, it's going to bring, it's, it's just going to, it's going to be that much better. Um, there's a reason that I'm still doing this podcast, even though I'm not local anymore, and the games are, frankly, difficult to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've got years of investment into this team, and I've got a lot more riding on this than my new local team, for example, that they can't just buy because I spent an obscene amount of money on season tickets, <laughs>
1: and actually accidentally got a real jersey instead of the replica.
0: Yep, yeah, that was that was a nice thing. Um, but
1: <laughs> which I, I I am I'm looking forward to buying these jerseys when they get over here. I think it's a shipping problem, mm-hmm. which is basically the problem everybody's having right now. So I'm not gonna fucking punch them on top of their head for. Not having the jersey, but people are asking for them, so that's a good mm-hmm. sign. Yep.
0: So. Yeah, no, hopefully we'll get those coupon codes soon, and if uh, we can do a one-two, and the jerseys just show up, and maybe we can maybe we can pre-order them. That would be. I nice. mean,
1: I say that I'm only gonna buy the away, but I know my ass is
0: getting both of them. I... Yeah. So uh, yeah, I I I have the 2016 third. I gave you the home. Yeah. And I've got the 20, 2017. Well, 2017 was weird because it was just the solid colors. <laughs> Next time, mute yourself because it still comes directly.
1: I, I moved the mic. I moved the mic away. Yeah. I just, I'm a powerful coffer.
0: If you press control and M, it'll mute. Mm-hmm. It, 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 oh, control I'm, is Kataro.
1: Let me try it. Let me try muting it right now. Do you hear me?
0: Yes, I still hear you.
1: Okay. Well, it didn't work then because I hit Control. Okay. M.
0: Sorry. Control Shift M.
1: Okay. I'm gonna try it right now. Hold on. Control Shift M.
0: Yeah. I, I can't hear you. You're going on a rant about the the Nazis. I know you are. So.
1: Uh, you didn't hear me the whole time I was talking about how yeah. much I hate Nazis. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Good choice on uh on that. So. Uh, All right.
1: Yeah. Let's get the fuck out of here. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we're going to try and do another episode right after the next game, but we can't promise anything. It might be a couple days after. It might be a week after.
0: Yeah. Just take it might what... be a month.
1: Yeah, it might be. Just take what we yeah. give you.
0: Yeah. F- feel free to send us any questions on Twitter, Instagram, email. I've said it enough. If you're getting this episode... You're probably getting it on Twitter or Instagram, so just send us a message there. Our DMs are open. But we can't get you on the team, so stop asking us. (laughs) Yeah, please.
1: Uh, All right. Uh, That was the Valiant 33 podcast. I'm Mike, and that is... God damn it. I'm Stu. And I'm Mike. And this was the Valiant 33 podcast.
0: <laughs> we'll, we'll record this at some time, guys, so that you don't have to listen to us try and figure out how to do this over 500 miles. <laughs> and this was the Valiant 33 podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: And I'm Mike, and that is... Stu. And this was the Valiant 33 podcast. <laughs>
0: So what we should do is just relate the podcast and just going really back and forth. For forever? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like every intro and every outro we've ever done.